big beat manifesto goes, big beats are the best, get high all the time. Right. At the time, it felt like a much more all-encompassing philosophy. This is outrageous. This is contagious. Sorry, I, I didn't see you. Looking straight at me. Must get injured. Well, you should be more careful, you jizz cock. What? You could have had my legs off, you piss kidney. Arsehole. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the LD Brothers podcast, episode 29, Wedding. My name's Laura, and good God, Sean, you smell like piss. And my name is Sean, but at least I don't smell like puke. Laura. <laughs> I guess neither of us is exactly the king. Yep. Um, but I feel like more of a king now that we're finished with season four. Yep. Yep. Another season under our belt. <laughs> oh, I know. I can't wait. It's awesome. Yeah. Just I've... chugging right along the L dude train. Yeah. I really love this episode. So I'm very excited to talk about this one. Yeah. This is a, another favorite of mine, too. Um, really enjoy this one. Sadly, I wish I had gotten married after I watched this episode because. You know, I think I would have been able to, uh, like, as I was getting married, I would have, I think I would have been like, oh, yeah, at least my wedding wasn't as shitty as Mark and Sophie's was. <laughs> I did get married after I saw this, so there was a lot of, uh, I'm heading for a wedding sort of banter on the day. <laughs> that was, uh, that, we said that a lot. That's a great, that's a great little line, by the yeah. way, I'm heading for a wedding. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I really do like this episode. It's one of my go-to ones that I watch when I need cheer it up. Um, so yeah, I was excited to watch it again. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, me too. This episode so damn funny. Mm. Everything about this episode is pretty good. Yeah. How's your week been? Oh, it's been really good. My niece's little birthday party was last week or, or last week yesterday, so that was fun. Uh, Nicole and I went out and we're hanging out with my little niece and everything. She went to a, a like a bounce house, so it was um. It's like trampolines everywhere, and there's like right, yeah, yeah. I know, I all know over the, the place. Yeah, we've got one of those near here, trampoline three six five or some something. It's just like yeah, wall to wall trampolines. Yeah, uh, watching my five year old niece and my two year old niece jumping on trampolines, it made me realize like how goddamn out of shape I am because <laughs> they just they fucking went hard for like two straight hours and weren't even sweating. And I jumped on a trampoline for about two minutes, and I thought I was going to die. Yeah, yeah, I had the same experience the last time I went, and uh, and I was upset that I paid two quid for the special socks when I didn't really do much bouncing because it was too much like, hard work, so, yeah. When you're a little kid, you don't think about things like ACL tears and, you know, like, gruesome fucking injuries from bouncing on trampoline, but... When I was sitting there, all I could think about was like, good God, I hope I don't tear my ACL doing this. <laughs> we had to do trampoline at school, so I know, I know all the moves. And last time I went to the trampoline in place, I thought, oh, I'm sure I can still do like a seat drop and a pike. And I definitely couldn't. So it was upsetting to find that <laughs> not as nimble as I was when I was 16. Oh, you and me both. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Well, um, anything else going on with you? No, I've got a stinking cold, so I apologise for the fact that I sound insane and like I've got a peg on my nose, but um, I'm at the snotty stage now, so I feel better, but I'm very congested. That's okay, I'm super congested too, but the patented little breathe right strip. <laughs> it's uh, working for you, yeah. I works can't, like a charm. I can't breathe through my nose right now, so yeah. 
I highly, uh, if you've never tried a Breathe Right strip, I highly recommend them. I haven't actually. Yeah, I might do. I've got the um, I've got a cowpole like menthol plug-in thing, so it smells very eucalyptusy in here. That's meant <laughs> to help, but it's not doing much at the moment. So. Yeah, I love Breathe Right strips. They're the best things ever. Yeah, I have to invest in some. If I didn't look like a fucking dork, I would probably just wear one all the time. <laughs> yeah, you can't really wear wear them out in public, and you can't really go to work in them. No, but I do have a clear. I do have clear ones now. And uh, I almost walked into work wearing a clear one. Um, I just completely forgot it was on my nose. And then I'm, thankfully I looked in the mirror and was like, what is going on with my nose? And I was like, does oh, it yeah, go? Right. Does it go high enough on the bridge that your glasses could cover it? Does that, or is it lower down? It's lower down. Um, okay. That was a shame. <laughs> <laughs> and I promise we are not sponsored by Breathe Right. Although no, no. Other, other strips with... are available, I'm sure. Yeah, maybe we should get in contact with Breeze Right though. Yeah, yeah. See if they want to sponsor us. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Here's a lifetime supply of Breeze Right strips. I would just cry. <laughs> Tears of joy. Oh dear. Uh, so let's not uh let's not beat around the bush. Uh, nope. Let's get started on this episode. Yeah. Um. So, oh, I do want to say one thing about this episode. Um, we do have a little special feedback that is a love story related to Peep Show, so we will discuss that once we're done with this. Yeah, I haven't even heard this yet, so I'm excited to hear about this. Yeah. Um, so, this first scene, I did not remember how actually long this first scene was. Like, I was really surprised when I was going through my notes on it, and it was like, I fucking did like almost a page and a half just on this one scene, so I was pretty yeah. surprised at how long this scene was. It comprises a lot of people as well. So yeah. we first of all we see Mark in his bedroom and he is looking into his mirror and he is thinking about the fact that it is his wedding day. Um and he says that he is scared, empty and alone. Yes, I love this. Uh, okay, here we go. Wedding day. I'm heading for a wedding. How do I feel? <laughs> empty. Check. Scared. Check. Alone. Check. And <laughs> He yeah, just... he just looks so bleak and unhappy. Oh my god, um, he's just was... staring in a mirror. When I watched this for the first time, I was very surprised that the wedding day had come around and it was actually happening. Were you surprised by this? Uh, since the episode, no. I mean, again, binging it, you get a little bit of a different experience, so I wasn't yeah. really surprised that it was... Uh... I genuinely thought after the previous episode, I think I thought there would be some reason that it wouldn't happen, so I was very surprised to come into episode six and find that the wedding day was actually going ahead. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing I really enjoy about this particular series is I feel like that the series was paced well enough that um, if you had tried to kind of stretch out the wedding over two series so you know instead of having the wedding at the end of series four had the ending at the end of series five i feel like that that would have been way too long to kind of draw this out so i appreciated that they had a succinct story mark's getting married doesn't want to get married and they told it over six episodes and then it had a definitive ending yeah yeah i agree with you um, and it seems like the length of time in the series is enough time like for a decent amount of time for an engagement and now the wedding's come around yeah i don't know exactly how much time has passed since your episode one and episode in the actual wedding but i would say it's probably six seven eight months what do you think yeah i would say six months yeah that would be my guess that's what i've always sort of thought in my head yeah and again they never really stayed a time but i really enjoy <laughs> you know trying to just figure out um, how much time has actually passed. 
Um, yeah. As Mark walks out of his shirt, he sees Superhands just like laying asleep on the floor in the hallway, and Superhands' uh, body is just surrounded by beer bottles, beer cans. There's like five or six cigarette butts, and I even think I saw like a joint on the ground or something like that. Yeah, it's an absolute <laughs> fucking state, um, and he's just laying on the carpet amongst all the filth. Dude, and oh god, we'll talk about this here in a, probably about in a few minutes, but the fucking apartment as a whole just oof. Jesus yeah, Christ looks terrible. It's it's grungy. Um and then Jess appears from the kitchen. He's clearly still a bit drunk and hasn't <laughs> been to bed. <laughs> and he uh asks Mark how he is and says it was a pretty good unofficial stag night. Yep, and Mark is just like, oh, I'm glad I missed almost all of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um he Mark uh, sort of shows some displeasure at the state of the flat and says they didn't expect a freshly ironed shirt, but this is all a bit much. And Jesse's just like, doesn't give a shit. He sort of shrugs it off. Yeah. Yeah. He asked Mark if he slinked off to bed before they, they did the melon off. And Mark <laughs> reluctantly asks what a melon off is. And Jeremy says, it's a game where you get a hard on, put a melon on your dick. And then the first person to drop their melon loses. Yeah. It uh, sounds abysmal, but quite yeah. funny. And the sort of thing I can more than imagine Jez taking part in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of people doing this, but I'm sure there are people are that are there are people that do this. But yeah, I've never heard of anyone doing this, but I've, unfortunately, I can't imagine there's a certain caliber of person who might do it. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds to me more of a college thing than a adult yeah. uh, living on their own kind of thing. Yeah, um, <laughs> Jez then says that he will do a last breakfast for Mark, which is sad, um, and that you can feel the kind of poignancy in him saying it but then it's immediately broken by the fact that they've got no bread because one of Hans's quite menacing friends was burning faces <laughs> in the bread with a cigarette um can I, I just want to jump back real quick because mark after jeremy describes the melanoff mark asks who won gore vidal or dr jonathan miller is this a joke that actually makes sense yeah so they're both like academics they're both well-known academics so I guess that Mark is, is making fun of the fact that this is not a very intellectual pursuit. Oh, gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as Mark walks into the kitchen to have Jeremy make him breakfast, he sees Nancy <laughs> asleep on the couch, and Jeremy says, lovely, clean Nancy's sleeping on our dirty, filthy sofa. <laughs> yeah, um, and Nancy is, uh, for some reason, has been at the stag. Um, and she is talking about um, how she didn't get a great night's sleep because Superhands was uh, woke her up by trying to sexually assault her a couple of times. And then we just hear Superhands say sorry from the hallway. Yeah, I like this when Jeremy kind of chides Superhands and he's like, Superhands. <laughs> yeah. Um, she is going to have breakfast and she gets a... Or does she get the melon out first or does she start talking to... I think she starts talking to Mark about the wedding and then says that she's not going to be able to make it because her dad's in town. Yeah, yeah. Um, she apologizes to Mark. She says she can't make the the wedding. Jeremy wonders if this is because of memories and Nancy looks really confused about what memories he could be talking about. Uh, Jeremy, Jeremy reminds her that they are still legally married and Nancy's like, oh my gosh, I, I forget that we were married sometimes. <laughs> yeah, so Jess is trying to kind of subtly bring up their past relationship and she's completely forgotten about this this marriage yeah. that happened between them 
Um, she says that her dad is in town trying to get her to go back to America and he is trying to bribe her with a condo and a boat. I wanted to ask you what a condo is because Google wasn't very helpful to me. Um, condo is basically <laughs> like a... Like a larger apartment. I, I don't right. know if you'd maybe call it like a row house or something like that. Like a terraced house. That's what I that is what I gathered that it might be like a terraced house. Terraced house. Let me see what a terraced house looks like. Yeah, yeah, terraced a uh, terraced house would probably be pretty pretty accurate representation of that. Right, so uh, Nancy's dad is gonna try and bribe her back to America with one of those. Yeah. Uh, apparently. One of the reasons you may have had trouble finding condo, although I'm sure there uh, is a con, it's the full name is condominium. Oh, okay, that I didn't know that. So in UK, it looks like in UK they are called common holds. Mm, okay, that doesn't mean anything to me. So oh well, it's because you own a house that you don't really <laughs> have to know about these. Yeah, I live in a, I live in a terraced house, so but yeah, I just assumed it was like a. You know, like a kind of star house or a, yeah, a bottom of the rug kind of house. Yeah. I would almost say that Mark's apartment uh, at Apollo House is like a small condo because he actually owns that. And the difference between a condo and a, an apartment is that with a condo, you typically own it. You don't rent it. Right. Okay. Um, uh, Nancy reaches into the fridge. She grabs a melon and she like gets a spoon to eat it. And Jeremy's just like, that's not a good melon. Yeah, there's a hollow down. in the melon that, yeah, <laughs> she's got a spoon in, and yeah, it's 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 grim. Yeah. Um, Nancy kind of tries to pump Mark up, and she's like, Mark, you must be so excited. You're going to get married to Sophie for the rest of your life. What a commitment. And Mark's just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. what a commitment. Um, it's completely normal kind of morning wedding chat. And she's trying to sort of like, you know, get him excited, but he's this is really needling, Mark. He really doesn't want to talk about the wedding. <laughs> Yeah, Mark does not seem thrilled at all about getting married, does he? No, no, not at all. He looks very, well, yeah, nervous and unhappy, which is what he goes to say in the next conversation he has with Jez. Yeah. Um, Mark lets Jeremy know that he wants to look over his best man speech before he gives it, and Jeremy kind of refuses. Um, Mark says he doesn't care if the speech is risque, but he wants it to be factually accurate. He also will veto any jokes about mucus, vomit, or excrement. <laughs> yeah, Mark says he's feeling very tense, nervous, and unhappy, and that that's because he's been worried about Jess's speech. <laughs> and Jeremy's just like, it's you know, there isn't a speech because you're not going to marry her. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Jeremy is concerned with what's going to happen with his life after Mark does get married. Um, you know, he's like, well, what if you do get married? What's going to happen to me? Where am I going to live? Who's going to do the forms for TV, gas, and water? Me. <laughs> Yeah, um, this really bothered me when I watched it the first time, and it bothers me now. Obviously, we know what happened after the wedding, but when we didn't know what was going to happen, it really bothered me as to what the plan was here. So this is Mark's flat. Mark owns this flat. Is so Sophie's clearly not going to move in with him in the flat then. So what, he's just going to let Jez live in the flat? Jez doesn't pay him any money as it is. So I always thought this was a bit strange. Where were Mark and Sophie intending to live as a married couple? You know, that's kind of how I took it, was just that uh, Mark was going to move into Sophie's place and Jeremy was just going to stay at Mark's. Yeah, but it doesn't make any sense that Mark, because Jez never pays him anyway, so he's not just going to give Jez his flat, is he? No, it's really strange, because that doesn't seem like the kind of thing that Mark would do. 
No, not at all. But as you say, Jesse's concerned about the life he's going to have to lead once he hasn't got Mark to do <laughs> stuff for him anymore. Um, yeah. And uh, Mark just gives Jeremy a serious look now and says that he needs to write the speech because he is going to get married today. Yep. Um, and, oh, yeah. And then as this as this is, uh, before this conversation can kind of go anywhere else, you hear super hands just kind of say like, Oh my God, I got to puke. And then he, he just, you just hear Nancy's in the bog. And then you just hear him like yakking everywhere. Yeah. He says he's got to puke. Where should he puke? But before anyone can answer, he does it into Mark's top hat. Yep. And he walks around, he walks into the living room and he's got Mark's little top hat in his hand. And he just kind of looks at Mark and he's like, Oh, I'm sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, outside of Apollo House, um, Mark and Jeremy are packing up Jeremy's car to head out to the wedding. Jeremy's in the middle of kind of telling this joke as the scene opens and the joke goes, I will now attempt to give Mark the six most uncomfortable minutes of his life and the six most uncomfortable minutes of Sophie's life will be coming up later this evening, courtesy of Mark. <laughs> yeah, um, Mark disapproves of this because he says it sounds like he's going to attack Sophie. And says that you need to rewrite the opener. And Jez says he's not happy because Zoe's going to have to pay for another one and from the internet. And this made me laugh a lot the first time I saw it. Um, the look on Mark's face is great when he's like, I can't believe that you've got the speech off the internet. Yeah. Let me ask, what do you think of this joke? If Phil's best man had said this joke at, at your wedding, how would you have felt about this? Yeah, probably wouldn't have gone down that brilliantly, to be honest. But I probably would have laughed. But would my dad have laughed? That's the question. Oh, but you know what? Post post this episode, that might have actually been pretty fucking funny, though. That's true, actually. Yeah, that, 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 that could have worked. Yeah. I know at one of my cousin's weddings, the best man speech got really um, uncomfortable in terms of the kind of jokes and stuff that he was saying. And it was one of the things where I was just like, oh, this is kind of a strange joke. Uh, or this kind of a strange speech to be giving at a wedding like i don't really want to hear about my cousin getting drunk and pissing himself you know <laughs> yeah no not not cool nope um so as they get into the car um mark announces that they have a generous four hours to get to the church and he doesn't want to waste it on yakking at the apartment also i wanted to jump back to something that you said and excuse me that i didn't address this immediately um Jeremy talks about buying the jokes from the internet and getting the speech written on, you know, help with the speech on the internet. Do you think the whole part in back where Stephen goes to hire the speech writer to do the jokes about Lori, do you think that was a like a subconscious or subliminal homage to Peep Show? Yeah, I, I hadn't thought of it until I read your note saying it, but yeah, there's definitely a connection there, isn't there? Yeah. Um, Jeremy tells Mark that his speech is going to be simple, conservative icebreaker, medic college material, a couple of middle-of-the-road inebriation gags, bang, and he's out of there. Yeah, and Mark, um, Mark, Mark then says that, um, that you know, he sort of nods in agreement, and then he says that he finds it comforting that their entire relationship could be reduced to an online speech template, which is quite funny. Yeah, and he says Kenneth Hallowell and Joe Orton couldn't do that. Could you please explain this joke to me? Yeah, so this is a, it is funny, but it's a bit weird <laughs> in terms of that. So um, Kenneth Halliwell was a, a writer and a theatre critic who had a relationship with Joe Orton, who was an actor, um, and they were lovers in the, I think in the 
50s, I want to say, before before homosexuality was legal in this country. So it was all a bit under wraps. And uh, Kenneth Halliwell ended up murdering Gerald. To, <laughs> so Jesus it's a bit Christ. strange that Mark, um, Mark compares their relationship to this. Wow, that's a dark-ass joke. God damn. <laughs> yeah, so they're lovers who ended up with a, a murder, um, which is maybe tells you something about how Mark views Jeremy. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's a pretty... Damn, that is a dark-ass joke for this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very dark. But um, unbeknownst to us at this point, we don't know till now that Superhands has been laying on the back seat of the car and he is not looking very well. Nope. And he's just sort of moaning in a hungover way. Yeah, he just moans, oh, fucking hell. And Mark <laughs> looks concerned, but J- Jeremy's like, yeah, don't worry about him. Uh, Hans is on the dry heaves, so the upholstery will be fine. And then he says, Super Hans doesn't die. He normally never dies. Um, just then, Super Hans just like retches in right into Mark's shoe. Yeah, and uh, Jeremy says that. I thought you were on the dry heaves. That was a wetty, which is very funny. Yeah, I um, fucking love that joke. It's the chiding way he says it too. He's like, <laughs> "You said you were on the dry heaves, but that was a wetty," and it's it's <laughs> like he's chiding super hands about puking in Mark's shoe. We um we say this a lot in our house, not so much these days because we don't have as many hangovers now. We've got children, but um, <laughs> I was I've never had a good. I'm not a good. Uh, I'm a good drinker. I'm a, I'm a good drinker. I can drink a lot, but I can't. My hangovers are epic and terrible and always have been. And I um, I suffered from terrible hangovers always with vomiting. So there would always be a lot of, uh, you're the dry heaves or is it still a wetty when I had a hangover? <laughs> <laughs> this came up a lot. Um, I have got a, I'm just trying to think of, I wrote this in my notes. I'll, I'll tell this, I'll tell this anecdote later. Don't worry. Okay. Yeah. Uh- um, I think, and also, I think regarding this episode, both you and I really kind of want to talk about our actual wedding days. Yeah. So, um, we'll kind of jump in about our wedding days, because mine was awesome. Um, I had a couple little uh, funky things happen here and there, but other than that, it was pretty good, so. It was better than Mark's, anyway. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> fuck, any, Jeremy's wedding was better than Mark's, and Nancy left halfway yeah. through. Yeah, um, Mark is very uh, adamant that they shouldn't stop. That you know, Superhands is gonna have to just sort it out. But then once he started retching again, Mark realizes that he's too close to his cummerbund, so they need to pull over. Yep, and before they can pull over, Superhands just yaks again. Yeah. Um. Next, we have kind of a a different place for this show to go to. They're kind of at just a public shopping area somewhere. Yeah, it's like a little parade of shops. It looks fucking grim. Yeah, it does. And they're standing in front of a bunch of public toilets, and you don't see super hands, but it you can kind of guess that they've just thrown super hands into one of the public toilets. Um, Mark says the plan is to let super hands keep retching until he's chundering fresh hair. Um, the Men at Work song, Land Down Under, has a line where he's like, where something blah, 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 and men chunder. And I never really knew what that meant until this episode. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that song makes a lot more <laughs> that's sense. That's what that now. is. Yeah. Oh, that's a great song. I'd forgotten about that. But yeah, that line is in that song. Yeah. Um, Mark says that he is going to be looking for hat and shoes. And um, Jeremy needs to work on his speech. And they give about 20 minutes max. Um, Mark and Jeremy have a lot of really funny conversations in this episode about getting married. But I feel like that 
a lot of the conversations kind of start to blur together because a lot of it is really just like Jeremy telling Mark he's not going to get married and Mark going, yeah, you're right. I'm not going to get married. Yeah, I'm going to get married. Yeah, so Mark is looking for a new hat and shoes and he tells <laughs> Jeremy that he wants to give them 20 minutes max. Um, in this episode, they have a lot of conversations about getting married. And in this one, Jeremy says, um, accuses Mark of getting married to Sophie just out of spite. And Mark tells Jeremy that he finds that ridiculous, but in his head, he says he's not marrying her out of spite. He's marrying marrying her out of fear. And there is a very big difference between the two. <laughs> yeah, it's a very funny line. And I think it sums up completely all of Mark's motivations for proposing, for, for probably for pursuing Sophie in the first place, for proposing to her and now to be here on his wedding day, not wanting to marry her, but he's going <laughs> to yeah. do it anyway. Yeah, I love that. And he's like, I'm not getting married to her out of spite. It's fear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so Jeremy goes off to write his speech. I'm not sure where because they're in like a crappy little parade of shops, but maybe he's going to write it in the car. I don't know. And uh, Mark says that he's going to go and scrub his uh, six stained wedding wear in the toilets of the cafe. Yep. And then he he appears at the cafe and the cafe is called O Tamiras. And I actually found that this is an actual restaurant that is actually still open. Where so, is it? Uh, man. You, should, you guys should have a like a London meetup there. <laughs> oh, Tamir is. It is 156. Oh, Christ. I'm not sure I should give there. Fuck it. I don't care. Uh, 156 Manor Park Road, London. Uh, I, your addresses confuse me. So it just says. What's their postcode? What is it? Is that the 4JR or NW10? Is the NW10 before JR? I'm just trying to work out where in London it is. So it's actually nowhere near Croydon. They're like on the other side of London. Yeah, it says Harleston. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks like it's on Craven Park Road and A404 by the Harleston Library. Yeah, it's kind of like North London over that way. So I suppose maybe they're going like round London to go into the countryside where Sophie's parents are. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. But yeah. I googled this, and when you Google it, it just will instantly pull up a picture of the the restaurant, and you can tell it is the exact same business. In fact, literally the only difference is that the windows were painted yellow in Peep Show, and they are now painted white. Hmm. I bet they I bet they get a lot of people coming by saying you were in Peep Show. <laughs> I wonder if people just randomly propose to the baristas there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Mark spots the girl behind the counter, and she is reading um, Jenkins on Churchill, which came up last week um and mark thinks oh uh, she's lovely and like perfect that she's reading this book that he's been reading and he because he's going mad at this point impulsively decides to propose to her she of course says she's fine and doesn't want to marry him yeah uh she says no very politely and mark says oh that's that's fine i i didn't think you would <laughs> um fun fact they, they talked about this in the um director's commentary on the dvd this girl was originally meant to be april who obviously we met it before in series two um but the actress wasn't available and then they thought about maybe making it sally's later from two episodes ago um but they they didn't but it would have been great if it had been april i think wow that would have that would have been crazy if that had been april yeah that would have been brilliant that would have that would have thrown things into touch wouldn't it Holy shit, that would have really changed this episode a ton because the actress yeah. they cast, I do think, looks like it looks like it. Yeah, April. she does. Yeah, yeah, she does definitely. Yeah, when I read that in your notes, I was like, oh man, that would have been awesome to see it play out that way. Yeah, although I yeah, do that think this, I, I do think the way the scene plays out right now though is very fucking funny too. With the yeah, um, 
you know, she's like, oh, is there anything else I can get you? And he's like, do you want to marry me? (laughs) (laughs) So she doesn't want to marry him. And Mark takes his coffee away and is still mulling over the idea of getting married as we go into the next scene when he opens his wallet and sees a picture of Sophie. Yep. Um, I really enjoy this entire scene and I just want to go ahead and play this whole thing because it's very fucking funny. God, what's happening to me? Am I really going to get married? Don't want to. But calling off the wedding at the last minute? Don't want to hurt lovely Sophie? Need time to think. How can I buy some time? Contract TB? But where from? No badgers. Try to get beaten up. I could say he's got a fat head. Call him a jizz cock. Not actually an insult. All cocks are jizz cocks, really. Be like calling him a piss kidney. Road traffic accident? Yeah, that'd kick everything into touch for a few months. Shit. Could I? Here it comes. Come on, Mark. Take the hit. Keep your eyes on the prize. What the hell are you doing? Sorry, I, I didn't see you. You're looking straight at me. Must get injured. Well, you, you should be more careful, you jizz cock. What? You could have had my legs off, you piss kidney. Arsehole. Arsehole. Yep, nice insult. Clean, clear and insulting. You OK? Uh, yeah, no, fine. Bit of a wobble. I, I just proposed to a woman in a coffee shop and tried to get myself run over. OK. Right. That is maybe a sign that everything isn't totally groovy. I think you're right. I, I shouldn't marry Sophie. I, I should... Call it off. Brilliant. Let's call this mother off. The old dude brothers are back. One thing, you have left it pretty late. It will be a jilting. Oh, no. God, no, no. It's, it's not a jilting. I'm, I'm going to tell her right away. A jilt is at the altar. I'm, I'm not jilting. I think anything on the wedding day is a jilting. Nope, at the altar. He jilted her at the altar. But that implies he could have jilted her somewhere else. Come on, we need to get Subhans and go. Nancy! Hello? Hi, Jeremy. I've just had a big bust-up with my dad. I want to come hang out with you at the wedding. Can you pick me up? I'm at the Heathrow Hilton. Uh, brilliant. All right, hold on. I'll be right there. OK, let's go. Fuck two hands. He'll be fine. Let's leave him. Do you think we can leave him in, in that toilet, lying in his various liquids? Well, obviously, it's not what either of us would ideally like to do. No-one wanted to drop the bomb on Hiroshima, but in the end, it probably saved more lives than if they hadn't. Exactly. oh my god i fucking love this scene so much this shit is so funny the the i love as well the look of the motorist's face and the way he sort of looks out of his window and he's just like looks at him and he's like what are you doing and mark says oh when he says i didn't i didn't see you it's like you were looking straight at me (laughs) always makes you laugh yeah i love that and he's like oh maybe i should call the when when he's walking down the the sidewalk and he sees like the construction worker looking guy and he's like oh maybe i should call him a fathead <laughs> or a jizz cock. Yeah, I really enjoy that. Uh, I call people jizz cocks on a pretty consistent basis, but I don't think people actually really get the joke. So <laughs> No, no. Um, uh, and yeah, so I want to get your opinion. Do you, do you think breaking up with somebody on the day of the wedding is a jilting or do you think it is not a jilting? Are you in it's, Mark's camp? It's definitely... 
I would definitely in Jez's camp, but it's definitely a jilting. It's a jilting if you do it. I so I I've mentioned this before that I broke off a wedding like what five months before that was a jilting. So if that was a jilting, what Mark is doing is definitely a jilting. <laughs> what do you think? Um. Yeah, I think that what Mark is doing is definitely a jilting, and his mental gymnastics to get around the fact that he's not jilting Sophie is what really entertains me in this episode. Yeah, it's, it's so funny. And, it, you know, in the next, in the beginning of the next scene, he says that, you know, he's talking about how it's some massive moral imperative that he doesn't break up with Sophie on the phone. And Jess says, you know, this is a bigger <laughs> thing in your head than it is in reality. And that's the case with Mark. Like, he can't, he's, he can't bear the idea that he's doing a jilting, but he definitely is. No, I mean, Mark has a lot of faults, but I always think that he does try to, um, like, be nice to people, and he doesn't go out of his way to be a, a dickhead, and he no. doesn't want people to see him as a dickhead, so breaking up with somebody on the day of their wedding, it's a very dickhead thing to do. I think for Mark, he always tries to do the right thing, doesn't he? And he can't, he can't possibly do the right thing here, because to do the right thing would be to so do the wrong thing by himself. So he is struggling with the idea of not being the guy who does the, the right thing and that everyone thinks he's nice. Yeah. It's, it's funny when you think about um, like the end of uh, Quan talking and how him and Jeremy had that big come to Jesus and, you know, Mark was at peace with the decision not to get married to Sophie or not to even propose to Sophie. And then, you know how far he's come since then um yeah it's pretty entertaining to see his like descent into madness throughout this yeah. entire se series yeah yeah definitely um let's see so next scene they are in the car and um as you guys heard at the end of the last scene Jer uh, nancy had called him to tell him that um you know she's at the heathrow hilton and she wants jeremy to come pick her up um, Jeremy tr wants to go pick up Nancy, but he also needs to take Mark to the wedding. But then he's like, I'm the one that's driving. Fuck it. We're going to see Nancy. Yeah. Um, then Mark realizes what he's doing and starts to say like, this is not the way we should be going or like you've taken the wrong turn or whatever. And they get into an argument about picking Nancy out, up. Yeah. And they just end up stopping in the middle of the road. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so Mark tries to grab the wheel, and then Jez says, oh, "It's a very funny line about like I'm not going to die for your legacy. You're not, I'm not, you're not Blair." Yeah, and um, they they just end up screeching to a halt in the middle of the road. Yeah, um, Jez tells Mark to call it to just call Sophie on the phone and uh, break up with the wedding. Um, as Laura said earlier, Mark thinks that that is a step too far, and Jeremy says, "You know, it's really not as big of a deal as you think it is." Um, Mark gets really upset with with jez here and she says or excuse me mark says to jeremy nancy's bolted she doesn't love you jeremy then looks at mark and says mark is a love rat and one hour isn't going to make a huge difference but mark does not want to be known as mark the jilter forever yeah i really love that jez calls him a love rat because it's such a sort of mild expression for what mark's about to do but in a way he sort of says you're a love rat with such venom and um, and Mark is is just uh, like you say he's he, the descent into madness is 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 strong he's he's proper sinking now. Yeah, um, Jeremy finally relents on this idea of picking up Nancy, um, so he can take you know Mark to go see Sophie so that he can jilt her. Um, as they're getting ready to leave though, he does look at Mark and he says, "Nancy's not bullshit and she does love me." And Mark says, Mark looks at Jeremy and says that he is not a love rat. 
And then they, Mark has this great line where they're like, oh, I'm glad we've cleared the air. Yes, I'm glad we've cleared the air. And then Mark is just like, lovely clear air. <laughs> yeah, and they just, it just in a scene that typifies their resentments, they sit silently, both mouldering, absolutely mouldering resentment. Yeah, just glaring at each other. It's so goddamn funny. I really, yeah. I forgot this scene was in this episode, to be honest with you. And when I was watching it, I was like, oh my God, that's so fucking funny when Mark's just like, lovely clear air. <laughs> <laughs> so in the next scene, we see them arrive at Sophie's house, and uh, Sophie's mum and dad's house, sorry. And as Mark comments, as they go to the door to ring the doorbell, they've arrived at the house of pain, which is a brilliant way to describe <laughs> this place. Yeah. Um, as they get the, uh, as they pull up, Mark is doing his typical Mark thing where he's kind of like complaining, but Jeremy is looking at his phone and just does not give like a single fuck because he just got a text message that says Nancy is coming to the wedding after all. Superhands is going to get her on Chemical Kev's moped. Superhands <laughs> is really coming through for Jeremy. Now, a couple questions I have for you. Yeah. How the fuck did Nancy get in contact with Superhands? I guess maybe they swapped numbers the night before when he was trying to sexually assault her. And who is Chemical Kev? And why have yeah, we... I don't I don't know who Chemical Kev is, but I want to know more. And also, spoiler, um, to, uh, the end of series nine, doesn't Superhand say that he's going to go to Moldova to uh, do something with mopeds? Do you think that Chemical Kev was involved with that? Is this Chemical Kev's whole game, <laughs> mopeds? Mopeds? Potentially. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's. I think that we've we've unlocked a like easter egg in peep show here and that chemical kev is is part of some massive moped thing that hans is involved in too do you think european bob is on board with uh chemical kev in the moped game definitely and probably pedge as well probably all the unseen <laughs> characters are involved in this business i swear to god we really should pitch this uh unseen character uh <laughs> show to armstrong and bane and just be like look we have this great idea it's gonna be european bob chemical kev <laughs> and pedge in Moldova selling fucking mopeds. <laughs> yeah, please write it. Please, if you're listening, just please write this. Just even if it's a one-off hour special, I would love to watch it. We will review it. Uh, we will podcast about it. We will promote the fuck out of it. Just <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll be so kind about it, even if it's terrible, please. Yeah, oh my God. Even if it's the worst thing we've ever seen, it, it'll be <laughs> fucking Gone with the Wind or Casablanca to us. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse is so excited um, about this and he's really excited because Nancy texted him and she put four kisses in the text and he says that um, that she wants to kiss me four times and, and Mark is sceptical about this yeah uh, Mark also does point out that the wedding is going to be cancelled but Jeremy says on the plus side Nancy will be there probably in a lovely dress yeah every cloud has a silver lining for Jess here yeah uh, Mark starts to really have a breakdown here and says he doesn't uh, doesn't have a good enough reason to call off the wedding. Jeremy kind of gives him a wry little smile, and he's like, well, I have a reason why you should call off the wedding. Uh, but before I tell you, you have to promise not to be angry at me. And I yeah. got to tell you, any conversation that starts with, you got to promise not to be angry at me, probably not a really good conversation that's about to occur. No, definitely not. Um, Jeremy then reveals that he kissed Sophie at the JLB conference back in episode two. And Mark doesn't really know what to do with this information. Nope. And what's so goddamn funny about the scene is 
Mark goes through about 12 different emotions in the span of about five seconds. And you just see it on David Mitchell's face that, you know, he's going from like angry to sad to happy to confused back to angry. And, and he's just then finally he's like, um, well, why didn't you tell me sooner? Yeah, he's sim- simultaneously overjoyed and angry as fuck. And it's so funny to watch him do this. Um my husband was watching this episode with me and he did say, oh, this is when Mitchell gets a bit overacting and that bothers me. And I can see that. But I think that this this moment does need overacting from from uh, Mitchell at this point. There would be no other way to act it. I like when he's like, I'm very, very angry, but also incredibly relieved. It's really hard to feel both these emotions at the same time. So it's really hard to describe it. <laughs> yeah, he... Um, so Mark then questions Jeremy and says, are you just making this up? And Jeremy's like, no, I'm not. I'm assuring you I'm not. And Mark is, is has got renewed kind of energy now to, to break off the wedding. And he marches up to the door and he calls Jeremy a shitty, faithless, backstabbing beauty, which I think just about sums Jeremy up. <laughs> I really love that line where he's, he's just talking to him and he's like, you shitty, faithless, backstabbing beauty. God damn, that line is so fucking funny. <laughs> Uh, they ring the doorbell and Penny, Sophie's mum, answers with curlers in her hair. She's sort of, she's got a dress on and she's wearing a nice jewellery, but she's still not completely ready for the wedding. And um, Mark says that he needs to speak to Sophie right now. Yep. Penny gives him the old, oh, you can't see the bride before the wedding. It's bad luck. Let me <laughs> let me ask you this. Did Phil see you before the wedding? He did. We actually got ready together and we walked into our own wedding together. Did you see your wife before the wedding? Yeah, we did first look pictures because we didn't want to we didn't want to make people wait between the wedding and the reception for pictures. Right. Okay. So we just did all of our pictures before the wedding. So yeah, so uh, we, okay. saw each, we saw each other before the wedding too. Yeah. We just, we decided uh, we didn't, I didn't want to be given away or anything. So we just walked into the wedding together. Oh, that's really nice. Damn. Yeah. And it was, it was nice. It was really nice. We got ready together and it was like, it was relaxed. We had our friends and our, like our sisters were around and we had champagne and just got dressed together. It was it was a nice way to start the wedding. Oh, that's nice. I wish Nicole and I had done that. <laughs> yeah, it's different. If you want to be given away, though, like it's a different thing. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah. Um, so this scene with Penny really fucking cracks me up too, uh, because Penny just does not give an inch at all with Mark here. Um, Mark tells Penny that it's nothing that she can help with, and he has to speak to Sophie. Uh, Penny just finally just is like, tell me what's going on. And Mark just tells Penny that Sophie has been unfaithful and had an affair with Jeremy. Um, Penny just kind of looks surprised by this. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Penny asked Jeremy about it and Jeremy says, yeah, we did a bit. I mean, not an actual affair. We had a snog. I mean, these kind of things happen. Do you know how it is, Penny, or something? Yeah, and the, you know the look how it on, is, Penny. <laughs> the look on Penny's face is great because she's obviously annoyed because she's had a thing with Jeremy and Jeremy's trying not to look her in the eye. And there's, like, there's so many different, like, agendas going on here. Yes. Um, Penny's just like, you know, Mark, a snog is not an affair. Mark <laughs> is just like, well, that's not the way I see it in, in my eyes. She's broken a sacred bond, sort of like a whore. But the way he says whores, he says it kind of softer than the rest of the words. Yeah. Yeah, like he's whispering it a little bit. Yeah, he's like sort of and, like um, a whore. <laughs> and, um, and Mark says it's a breach of trust, but Penny just is having absolutely none of it and just says, don't be silly, you know, 
we'll see you at the wedding. Yep, she says you come. You've come here to to talk the wedding off. Uh, talk. Jesus Christ, what was I trying to write here? <laughs> I don't know. Um, Penny asked Jeremy if if uh, they even use tongue, and Jeremy says a bit of tongue, but not much. And to Penny, this is nothing. And then I, what I really like here is that she gives Mark exactly what he wants. And she says, if you want to go in there and call the whole thing off because of a silly drunken snog, then go on. Do it. Um, yeah. I really love how it. I really love how take no bullshit she is in this part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She um, she's taking yeah, like you say, she's taking no bullshit. She's having absolutely none of it. But Mark bottles it and can't do it. Yep. And Mark, she realizes that Mark is full of shit and he has no convictions what what flavor jam do you think she made for this wedding mm, so, something something exotic like uh gooseberry or el- elderberry or something like that <laughs> something unusual for a first for her only daughter's wedding yep um as mark and jeremy walk back to the car mark looks at jeremy and he's like couldn't you have at least said you fucked her would that have been so hard <laughs> Yeah, he can't. Jess can't even get it right when he's being a faithless, um, disloyal, backstabbing shit. Um. So now, before we get to the actual church scene, um, I had kind of a funny story from my wedding, which was essentially that my wife called me at about nine in the morning, the day of our wedding, to <laughs> let me know that the um the reception hall that we had booked had no power and had no air conditioning and they had no idea when the power and air conditioning was going to come back on so we shit that's a bad one yeah 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 so we literally had to find a new place to have the reception the day of the reception so that was a lot of fun so my wife was was super cool and calm about it and i was like having a fucking panic attack and um i called my mom and this is you know also was pretty funny too because i tell my mom what's happening and my mom at first is like oh okay yeah you know not a big deal you know just like kind of see how it goes i'm like okay all right and then she calls me back like three minutes later and she goes wait a minute they don't know when the power is coming back on and i'm like yeah they don't know when the fucking power is coming back on and i could just hear like my mom just silently melting down (laughs) um because if it my mom and my sister I'm very much like my dad, by the way, where my dad is just like, yeah, whatever. It fucking happens. But my mom yeah. and my sister are the kind of people who like to have everything meticulously planned out. And so for them, this like huge wrench in their carefully planned out day was just um, was just like fucking unbelievable to them. So we ended up <laughs> the hotel that my family was staying at because most of my family's from out of town. The hotel that we were staying at had a little reception hall in it. So we um, booked up the reception hall there. The place that we did have the reception hall at, they moved all of our stuff over to the new place. They set everything up for us. They called all of our vendors, changed where all of our vendors were going, etc., etc. Got us totally taken care of. The fucking second that they put the last decoration up, the original wedding hall called us back and was like, hey, our power is back on. <laughs> uh, it's always the way. Ugh. So I just walked up to Nicole and I'm like, what do you want to do, Nicole? Do you want to have the reception at the place that we've had booked for a fucking year or at this other place? And Nicole was like, I want to go to the original place. 
So then they packed everything back up, <laughs> moved back to the old place, set everything up. Uh, they took $200 off of the price of the reception hall. And then they also paid the deposit that we had to pay on the other place. So they like fucking hooked us up, but it was like... Oh, a... that was kind of the but stressful. You don't oh, need my... that on your wedding day. Yeah, I mean, Laura, you feel like you never really like... You never know what it's like when you have to call a place and you're like, Hey, uh, I need to book you guys for a wedding reception. And they go, Okay, yeah, sure. What day is it happening? And you're like, Today... In, this afternoon, in yeah. eight hours and they're just like oh today uh yeah we're closed today <laughs> oh that is that's horrible that must have been really stressful but at least it all turned out all right at the end yeah my buddy whose dad works for in the high school uh, the high school system over here he was trying to get us uh our reception booked at like a school gymnasium <laughs> that would have been quite cool <laughs> Like the, oh, god damn, I just, I'm, I'm trying to imagine, like, it would look like some fucking, like, 80s movie. <laughs> yeah, like a um, prom night in Back to the Future or something. Did you finish Stranger Things season two yet? No, still haven't. Oh, still, we still, we've stalled a bit on episode seven, and you're just both a bit like, do we care? Okay, we are going to well, finish hold, it, okay. but. So, here's what I think you should do, by the way, and Nicole and I right. talked about this. Don't watch episode seven. Just skip it. No, no, you don't skip it, but don't watch episode seven. Watch yeah. it. So you'll you'll watch episodes eight, nine, and ten. As soon yeah. as ten is over, swing back to episode seven, watch episode seven, and then watch episode eleven. Okay, all right. That sounds like a plan because we really need something to get us over the hump. I'm just gonna say, I if I was the showrunner for Stranger Things, I would have. That's the order I would have put the episodes in. By the way. Okay. All right. That's that's a good insider tip. We're so we were so fed up with it that we started watching bloody American Horror Story. That's how that's how fed up we were. We were like, what else can we watch? Like, can't take any more of this. <laughs> um, I want to talk about American Horror Story when we're done because I'm interested to see. Uh, which season did you say you were watching? By the way. It's nearly finished series one. Okay, so Murder House. Okay, so I yeah. yeah. I want to talk to you about Murder House when uh, when we're done here. Okay, cool. Um, so, goddamn, where did we... Oh, okay, yeah, so now they're at the church. Mark is really in full-on panic mode at this point. He doesn't want to get married, but he doesn't want to end up alone like Miss Haversham wanking into a flannel. But he does feel very strongly that it's not right to get married to Sophie. Excuse me, to get married to Sophie. <laughs> Yeah, um, this is a very funny line about Miss Havisham. Uh, made me laugh particularly, made me laugh watching it today because I'm doing great expectations with my year eights at the moment and that is definitely not what happens to Miss Havisham. Oh, shit. So Miss Havisham is a character from Great Expectations? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so Miss Havisham is, she gets jilted on her wedding day and she never gets over it and she spends the rest of her life wearing her wedding dress in a in her house with like the curtains drawn and she's an eternal bride with no groom. Oh, see, I just assumed that Miss Haversham was like uh, an old woman that lived in Apollo House with them. <laughs> no, no, she's not. Oh, uh, see, Peep Show humor is too smart for my dumbass. <laughs> no, she's she's with great expectations. So that's, uh, but probably if you didn't get it, probably like a lot of the audience didn't get it. Yeah, uh, this would be a joke that Nicole would get. Yeah, see, 
the, the more well-read amongst us. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, before Mark can really have his full-on meltdown, Jeremy mentions for the first time that he has to pee. Um, and so he tells Mark that he's going to go take a piss and, um, you know, uh, he's going to, they're going to figure everything out when he comes back from taking a whiz. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's very proud of himself, uh, as he sort of unzips to do his business because he's about to piss on the church. Um, he says Richard Dawkins walks the walk, but does he actually follow through with an act of piss, which is very funny. Um, but then just as he's about to do it, Sophie's dad, Ian, appears from around the corner and he, Jeremy, runs to hide. Yeah, he runs back inside and he tells Mark that Ian is coming and Mark does not want to deal with Ian at this point because Ian is just going to want to talk about buttonholes and the nightmarish parking situation, which, to be fair, it does sound like the parking situation is pretty <laughs> shitty. Um, I'm just, I hadn't written this in my notes, but it's just occurred to me that this seems like a bit of a plot hole that that they've turned up to the church but no one's seen them like surely the vicar would have seen them or had to unlock the church so they've managed to somehow get into the church unseen by anybody wow yeah you're right I, yeah definitely somebody would have been there at the church decorating the church yeah yeah um but no one has seen them anyway so as jez tells mark they decide to they quickly scurry off and they run up sort of steps into a kind of balcony area yeah and uh as as they sit down jeremy looks at mark um because as jeremy was walking or was running back into the church to let mark know that ian was there um mark was like kneeling <laughs> at the pew praying and uh jeremy asked mark if he was praying just then and mark says no he was just kneeling he was having a nice little kneel <laughs> yeah he was definitely praying yeah um next we really get into probably the most memorable bit of this episode yeah so they're up in this time has passed because now we can hear the organ playing but they're still up in this little sort of balcony area and um mark has just completely lost the plot now hasn't he yeah jeremy is super concerned about how badly he has to pee he says it feel like it feels like someone is inflating a balloon full of piss inside him but not in a good way <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how there could be a good way for that. So, uh, but it made, it, this did remind me of how badly both my pregnancies I really suffered with. Like, I think every pregnant woman does, but uh, like the last month of just having to go for a wait every about seven minutes and just how awful it was when, because you've got no bladder capacity whatsoever. And when the head engages of how awful it is when you need to wait and just feeling bad for Jens and he was going through that kind of feeling. Um, Mark sees that his mom and dad um, as I think is well known in this episode, the mom and dad in this episode are not the one that we see later in season's beatings. No, they're just, they're different mom and dad, but he, but Mark sees them and this seems to sort of bring everything crashing down again for Mark when he sees his parents. Yeah. He wonders if it's okay to go down there now. Um, and then, and then at that point, Jeremy points out that, uh, Sophie is down there as well. And, um, yeah, she's just coming to the church and she's looking concerned and someone's talking to her um, and she does look lovely. Yeah, she looks fantastic, but she also has this kind of look of concern on her face as well. Yeah, she's obviously wondering where Mark is. Um, Mark asks Jeremy how many missed calls he has. He's got 28 and Mark laughs in a kind of maniacal fashion and says that that's nothing. He's got 73. <laughs> yeah. um, Mark starts to go really, really fucking batshit at this point. And he said that he's going to decide 
with a flip of a coin to see if he gets married. He flips a coin or heads. He gets married. Tails. He turns his back on the woman he might possibly love. Um, he flips the coin and it comes up head. And then he's just like, fuck. So Jeremy's like best of three. And Mark's like, yeah, good idea. So he flips the coin again. It comes up heads again. And Jeremy suggests best of five. But Mark says that the coin has spoken. Yeah. And Mark is brilliantly nuts here. He's really kind of frantic and bizarre and overwrought. And you can just see all the stress of the last six months that was just come crashing down on his head. And he then says to Jeremy, actually, you know what? I'm not going to marry her. And Jeremy says, what, you're going to overrule the coin? And he says, the coin isn't actually the boss of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, then, he then, Mark then tells Jeremy that um, the feeling that he had when the coin came up heads makes him believe he should not get married at all. Yeah, he says that he, he he realizes that he can't do it. Yep, and he asks Jez to send out a group text telling them that he's doing a Stephen Fry thing. Um, he's <laughs> off somewhere, and everybody should just be nice to him. Um, and he tells Jeremy to emphasize the whole everybody should be nice to me thing. Yeah, did you understand the idea of doing a Stephen Fry? Uh, I didn't, but I assumed you would explain it to me. So. Do, do you know who Stephen Fry is? Um, I only know him because of his the thing he did with Hugh Laurie yeah so he's like the so so Fry and Laurie were kind of like the 80s answer to Mitchell and Webb they were like two posh fellas who met out in Footlights and um they and Stephen Fry was very much the Mitchell of the situation um and he uh, he's a national treasure now I, he's he's lovely I've met him he's a very nice man um, and he is he sort of does a bit of everything he's like a writer actor presenter straight national treasure um and about 25 years ago he had a nervous breakdown whilst he was in the middle of a west end production and disappeared off the face of the earth like it was it was big news he just disappeared like hadn't come out on stage the curtain had come up and he wasn't there and he had run away to belgium and tried to commit suicide oh jesus wow <laughs> Yeah, so this was uh, this is what Mark is talking about when he says that he's doing a Stephen Fry put a blanket under the door of the garage. Did make me think what garage because they live in a flat, but that is what Mark's referring to. Yeah, um, and then uh, at this point, Jeremy really, really has to pee, so we are gonna just kind of listen to the aftermath of Jeremy's decision to pee. So. Yep. I can't go on any longer. My bladder. I'm busting. Well, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do, is there? Let me piss in that prayer bucket. Prayer bucket? There's no such thing as... That's just a bucket. Okay, I'm gonna creep up to the bucket. No, 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 you can't move. What am I gonna do then? I can't hold on. If you really can't hold it in, then you'll just have to piss yourself. You're telling me to piss myself? Yes, if you've got to go, piss yourself. Is this what it's come to? Yes, and do it quietly. Great. And what shall I do after I've pissed myself? Fuck myself? Eat myself? You're such a... Are you doing it already? Yes, I'm doing it already. I'm so pathetic that as soon as you ordered me to piss myself, I started the procedure. This is what you've done. You've ground down my sense of self-worth over the years. I hope you're proud. When are you going to stop? Not for a bit. Stop, Jeremy. S stop it. It's, it's going down the cracks. I can't stop. Stop! Oh, piss yourself. Stop pissing yourself. It's not that simple. The floodgates are open. I'm ordering you to stop! You're being a real dick about this, aren't you? Shit! Shit! Oh my god! 
God, this has got to be a dream. Nothing this bad could ever happen in reality. What am I going to do? Throw myself off? Surprise! Uh, hello, it, it's, it's me. Look, I, I've surprised you. What, what, a, what a brilliant joke. And <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> this scene is so goddamn funny. Just when he's I... peeing and Mark's, like, trying to wipe the uh, piss off of the ground to keep it from going between the cracks. <laughs> yeah, I love when Jeremy says about the prayer bucket and it's like, well, there's no such thing. It's just a bucket. That always makes me laugh. Um, and just this, the kind of dynamic between them as, as Jeremy loses all control and pisses himself. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, Mark is like, stop peeing. And he's like, piss yourself. Don't piss yourself. And <laughs> <laughs> um, when Mark jumps out and shouts surprise, it is excruciating. Yeah, it's really bad. Yeah, it's one of the most, in a, in a, a sitcom that um, specialises in sort of cringe, is one of the cringiest moments, I think. Yeah, definitely it is the cringiest moment in this entire episode. Um, yeah, and he says something along the lines of that, oh, it was a stag, um, I was, was going to surprise you, and it worked, because you're all so surprised, and just the look on the congregation's faces as well. Yeah, um, the... As they're starting to do their vows, um, the vicar asks if anyone has a reason that they shouldn't get married, you know, because um, at this point we have now gotten to the actual wedding itself. Mark and Mark's position having been revealed, he is down at the altar with Sophie and the vicar is, you know, doing the, the service and everything. And the vicar then says, you know, does anyone have a reason that they shouldn't get married? And both Mark and Sophie turn around desperately like, praying that somebody like cancels their uh, or says i object <laughs> yeah um sophie starts to cry really like massive heaving sobs and he mark thinks that it's not fair she's crying because he doesn't want to do it either um and he's unhappy as well and then um he starts crying and they just both stop in and he's thinking we'll just tell everyone it's tears of joy yeah i really enjoy that part um one of the other really big reveals in this scene, too, is uh, uh, we find out Sophie's middle name, Sophie Hortensia uh, Chapman, which yeah, really fucking funny. Um, have you got an embarrassing middle name? No, I've got a very generic middle name. It's Thomas. Uh, yeah, mine is Susan, so nothing. Although that did get a snigger at my wedding. I'm not sure why. Lauren, um, but... Lauren Susan Arnold got a snigger? Yeah, Laura. S excuse me, let me I'm going to... <laughs> snicker it got a snicker. snicker yeah it did i don't know why it did but maybe because it's a sort of old-fashioned lady's name i'm not sure why but um my husband's is, is john so that's really as boring as they come <laughs> yeah uh what's phil's middle name <laughs> yeah john oh john okay i'm sorry yeah i missed that Excuse yeah me. what's your what's your wife's uh ann we have very generic um, Yeah, names. see, there you go. Yeah, we've all got quite generic middle names. I don't really know anyone. I'm so... Actually, no, I do know someone with an outrageous middle name. Our best man, his middle name is Ace. Um, but he isn't married yet. So when that come, when he gets married, I'm sure that that'll get a, a laugh at the, at the altar. Oh, his middle name is Ace? Ace, Dude, yeah. Dude, that is a cool-ass middle name. Holy shit. Yeah, it's a, great, it's a great middle name, isn't it? Yeah. Sean Ace. Robin. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, might just I... fucking go by Ace, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, and his name is Sam, so he has got a perfectly normal first name. But I think if he if he wanted to spice it up, like I don't know, 
if he becomes a celebrity or a drug dealer, Ace is the name he should go by. Yeah, hell yeah. That's a kick-ass <laughs> name. Yeah, but other than that, I don't really know anyone with a crazy, crazy middle name. Yeah, no, I don't either. Um, no, all very standard. Nothing as posh as Hortensia. Yeah. And you know, I assumed that Hortensia was gonna get was gonna set off my spell checker. It didn't. Yeah, they liked it. There you go. Yeah. Um, Mark says I do, and he starts to cry because he just realized that he's ruined his life. And then Sophie is crying buckets, and she says I do as well. And they both start just like sobbing so fucking loud, and then they give each other the most half-hearted like tear-filled, tear, <laughs> tear-filled kiss ever, and it's really I, goddamn um... funny. I really enjoy it. Mark, after he says, I do, he thinks, I've ruined my life. You only get one life and I've ruined mine, <laughs> which is a brilliant line and one that I've willed out on more than one occasion. Uh, I don't know if I edited this out, but um, I don't think I did. But I have a friend that got married when she really didn't want to get married. And she said that the similar thing was <laughs> happening to her where she was crying tears of sorrow, but everybody thought they were tears of joy. <laughs> Yeah, I've got a friend also who got married when she didn't want to, and she said that she was, she was crying before the ceremony, and her sister said, "Oh, <laughs> you, why are you crying? Like, is everything all right?" And she's like, "I'm crying because I'm so happy." <laughs> and, and then she was like, "And the thing was, everyone fell for it, which was ridiculous." Yeah, that's what my friend told people too. She said, "Yeah, these are tears of joy, and they were really <laughs> like not tears of joy." <laughs> no, not at all. No. Um. So now we are on the outside of the church. This this really cracks this part right here really fucking makes me laugh by the way. Um it's, yeah, it's a great scene. I really enjoy the family in this scene. Yeah. Mark says it's too bad that new labors abolished the tax advantage because then he could at least at least be happy about that. Um Ian and Jamie are just throwing huge handfuls of rice at Mark and they're throwing it like really really fucking hard. Like, yeah, the word I've used in my notes is lobbed, and I think this is the definition of a lob. They are lobbing the rice at Mark. Yeah, I would have put winged, but yeah, winged or lobbed, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jeremy jumps to uh, Mark's defence and says, come on, he married her, didn't he? Leave him alone. And then Mark says some of it's going on Sophie as well, uh, but this doesn't stop them. They continue. Yeah. Um, did you guys do rice or did you guys do bubbles? We had confetti. Oh. Yeah, see, uh, we didn't want to do rice because apparently birds can eat the rice and it can make them sick. Yeah, I think it's actually the registry office we got banned at. Banned at? No, married at. Banned rice. You're not allowed to throw it because of the birds. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we didn't throw rice at our wedding. We had everybody... So you had bubbles. bubbles. Yeah. That's a nice idea. I've not heard of that. That's not made it over here yet. Oh. <laughs> Well, you should start it. Like, next friend of yours that gets... If you have any friends that aren't married yet, next one that gets married... I do. You should suggest bubbles instead of, like, yeah, rice or confetti. Yeah, that's a really nice idea. I like that. I know someone, actually, the same person who got married and then was very quickly divorced, she, um... They... This was, this was awful, really, especially considering that how quickly she was divorced afterwards. But her mum really liked the idea of, like, real confetti, like like real petals and said it would be lovely if they were they had like real confetti so her mum spent like something mad like nine months buying and drying out roses so that we could all throw like real confetti on a wedding day and it was so much effort went into this confetti uh that a it was over so quickly and then they got divorced so that was a shame <laughs> <laughs> 
The... I tried to think how much it must have cost. How much do you think Sophie and Mark's wedding cost? Oh, it's just a big wedding. This wedding would have cost a fortune. This is a proper, full-on, top-out-and-tails, like, whatever the average is, 30 grand wedding. Oh, God. The amount of money that people spend on weddings just is fucking astounding to me. Yeah, so I had a boyfriend who... Oh, the boyfriend whose stuff I burnt in a bin, him, he had been married previously, and his wedding had cost... So this was, like, 20 years ago, and the wedding had cost, like, £20,000 then, and I always thought, like, how could you spend that sort of money on a wedding for a start, but now to not even be together, like... What? it just it's just terrible like this the idea of it just it just makes me makes me sad even thinking of it let alone if that was your actual money twenty thousand pounds yeah which you know I, let some of them can see what what 20 grand's worth it was worth in 1997 let's have a look twenty thousand pounds 1997 adjusted for inflation that would be Okay, inflation calculator. Uh, By the way, I love that website that you're. I know exactly which website you're on. Thirty-six thousand pounds. Jesus now. fucking Christ. Yeah, that's nuts. Oh my god, that is goddamn bad shit. Although to be yeah. fair, I had a, I I knew a guy that spent about, um, him and his wife. Actually, let me rephrase that. His wife's dad, or his ex-wife's dad, because uh, they got divorced. But um, he spent like thirty-five grand on their um, their wedding. Yeah, it's just. I mean, our wedding literally cost fifteen hundred quid. Like, yeah, it was less than two thousand pounds. Yeah, I think Nicole and I. I think ours was. Uh, I think ours was around there somewhere. Yeah, it was just like I've known people spend that on a dress, let alone everything else. Yeah. Um so um at this point Jeremy and Mark they give each other a hug and um Jer Yeah, Jeremy's doing his absolute level best to be nice here, isn't it? Yeah. This is one of the times we see Jeremy being genuinely nice. Yeah. And he says that he will keep Mark's room the same just like he died. Yeah. Um and you and I actually both wrote the same thing without knowing it. I said, where the hell are Sophie and Mark planning on living then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I assume that they're going to move into Sophie's house or maybe Nana's cottage. But I assume they're not going to move into Nana's cottage because it's obviously out in the country somewhere. But obviously, Mark is moving in with Sophie. Yeah, I like at this point they do the little L Dude Brothers honk. And it's, again, we see Jeremy with the very, um, the very enthusiastic, like, eh, eh, and Mark is just like, eh, eh, uh. yeah, it's so sad. Yeah. Um, and Mark gets into the car with Sophie and he then tries to, he sort of like goes and we see Jeremy stopping to think about his life. Yeah. And uh, Jeremy's just like, oh, I need to buy some weed and have a think. I, I wonder where Nancy is because Nancy's pretty face always makes me feel better. Um, he then spots Nancy and it's not very pretty. Why don't you tell us what Nancy no. is doing? She is snogging super hands on a bench by the church and Jeremy realizes what's going on and looks really sad. Super hands is clearly over his hangover. Yep. And this is our last appearance of Nancy. Yeah, no more Nancy after this. Um, I realized I didn't tell my hangover story oh. that I said I was going to tell, which was that I so I had a hangover as bad as um as Super Hands is. I after the school prom 
in 2000, I think it was 2012, it might be 2011. So I was a teacher at the school and I was leaving the school. So I had no problems with getting drunk as a lord. And I, I've never had a hangover like it was terrible. I don't know what I drunk other than everything. <laughs> and I've just, just felt appalling. And this, we were in the school the next day and they had a fire drill. And we had to go out on the field for this fire drill. And I was like doing the dry heaves and ended up being sick behind a tree into a carrier bag. And this was probably my lowest ebb on a hangover. And there's no way the kids didn't know what was going on. And I was like, oh, came back to the lines. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm not very well. But um, they knew, I think. <laughs> they knew the problem the night before. So, uh, yeah, but this was, this was the worst hangover I've ever had. And Hans's hangover here is very similar to, to mine than was then. Yeah um oh let's see here um as they get into <laughs> that's a nasty hangover by the way that's the reason that i don't yeah. drink <laughs> yeah it was the absolute pits it was like it was like acid the only other hangover i've ever had that came near was uh after my best friend's wedding and again it was just that i just drunk everything for 12 hours oh yeah. not good not nice yeah i uh last time i had a really bad hangover was about like two or three years ago and I was in Baltimore with a buddy of mine and I got I got so drunk that I got into the apologetic phase where I was just like I'm sorry I'm so drunk sorry <laughs> sorry I'm so drunk <laughs> yeah that's the worst yeah um Mark gets into the car with Sophie and he you know tries to tries to to kind of get a laugh out of the whole thing. And he said, well, that's, you know, that's one to tell the grandkids about. And yeah. Um, he says that over the hump. Yep. And Sophie just begins to sob even louder. Um, one thing I noticed in this episode is Olivia Coleman is a real ugly crier. Yeah. She's, a, 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 she's her crying, especially when it's this exaggerated. It's, it's not attractive. Nope. Um, and, uh, you know, she says, like you said, Mark says that they're over the hump and Sophie's just like the hump, the wedding is the hump. And she just is like, I want to get out of here. I want to get out of here. And she just opens the door and Ian just happens to be standing right outside. And, um, as Sophie gets out of the car, she just, you just hear her saying like, you're the worst. He's horrible. Yeah. She says she wants to scrub it all out. Um, and Mark's is sort of simple as that. She's like, I don't care. They don't want to get divorced. I want to get annulled. Like this is, uh, this needs to be over. Yep. Um, and then, yeah. And then at this point, Jeremy kind of gets into the car, and I just kind of want to play the end scene. You okay, man? Me? Yeah, good. Yeah, feeling pretty good. Do you want some company? That'd be nice. You know, you, you do smell really quite strongly of piss. And your hat and shoes smell of puke. So I guess neither of us are exactly the king, are we? So, what now? Back to the flat. Drive on! So, Nancy, did, did she not show up? No, she did. With super hands, so that's nice. I think I might divorce her, see how she likes that. Well, I... I suppose I should apologise for not letting you go and get her. Yeah, I was pretty pissed off about that. But I was thinking of waiting for a bit before I brought it up. Oh, that's nice. Thanks, man. It's fine. I'll just chuck it in with all my other mouldering resentments. Exactly. Stick it on the bill. 
Oh, God. Uh, what a great way to end Series 4. Yes, it's a great ending. And actually, I read that this was... They thought maybe this would be the end. Generally, they didn't think they were going to get renewed for another series. So I think that this would have been a good end for the whole series. Yeah, I think so, too, with, you know... Jeremy casually mentioning that him and Nancy are divorced and that he thinks they should get a divorce. Yeah, um, and yeah, and obviously there's a resolution to the Mark and Sophie storyline, even if it's a horrible resolution. And just as actually with the real ending, the Elder brothers are reunited and, and are stuck with each other. Yeah. Um, as far as the episode ranking goes, um, you ready for my ready for my pick for the episode ranking? <laughs> Yes. Okay. Go on. So, um, I think that this episode is in your top ten, mostly because I think you've told me before that this is one of your favorite episodes. So, yep. I'm shooting high, and I'm going to say yep. number three. Ah, oh, spot on. Yeah. Well done. It is number three. Um, I was thinking about this because I wondered if you, if, how, if we, if the episodes have already been done whether you want to know if there's anything higher than this, because there is, there's nothing to come, which I think is any higher than this. There are two episodes that have been that are higher than this. Oh, so I thought, for some reason, I thought we had gone through all the ones that we had already reviewed. No, no. So for the top, if I, I would just, I wondered if for the top three, you were interested into what came above. Yeah, the top yeah, three. yeah. I'm, I am. I'm definitely interested in your top three. So, for, first of all, can you can you guess what my num- what I put at number one? University challenge. <laughs> no, but you're in the right area oh. of the uh, university challenge. Is in my top five, but it's not quite that high. Hold on, let me let me pull up episodes here. Let me see which ones we have done. Uh, let's see here. Um, your number one. So I know it's one that has already been. Re- oh, wedding. Jeremy's wedding. No. Nope. Damn. See, no. Boy, I'm glad we didn't start this early on because. <laughs> uh, what is your number one? Jeremy makes it. Oh yeah, yeah. That that is a favorite one of mine as well. Yeah. Yeah, and my number two. Do you want to hazard a guess? You've not, you've not said it yet. It might be a bit left field. This one. Is it Warring Factions? No. Nope. Okay, what is it? It's Funeral from Series oh, One. Oh, that's a fucking that. Uh, yeah, I. Hey, I'm with you. Uh, like your top three, I'm with you on all of those. Yeah. Yeah. Where? So yeah. So this uh, for me is yeah. This is the the. There's nothing to come which beats this episode. I don't think. Where is on the pole? Uh, on the pool is number four okay i'm with that because i fucking that is one of my favorite episodes yeah it's a great episode and so now it is our favorite reoccurring segment peep show in fact it's our only reoccurring segment so uh, (laughs) by default it is our favorite um peep show culinary once again thank you donnie taylor our last meal for Series 4 is mainly the heartwarming farewell breakfast that Jez would have arranged for Mark if he could have done. Since Jez wasn't able to, we'll make it in his name. One brown, one white, white's the pudding, coffees, croissants, and freshly squeezed OJ. And finally, what he really was able to offer Mark, but ended up just eating himself, a cream cracker and a ravita. Alongside the farewell breakfast, you'll need some melon, make sure it's a good melon, and chips with mayonnaise. The other drinks in this episode are the various beer bottles in the flat from the unofficial stag, 
Mark's filter coffee to take away, and Jez's bottled water shown in multiple scenes leading up to their arrival at church. While not mentioned or shown in the episode, have a slice of wedding cake for dessert to celebrate the sanctity of marriage. <laughs> that is a great menu, and actually, unlike sometimes, sounds quite tasty. Yeah. I'm telling you, some of these Peep Show culinaries actually sound pretty damn good. It's amazing how much food there is in Peep Show when you start looking for it. Yeah. I One of those things I had no fucking clue about. Um, so, as as has been hinted at, I've got my love story feedback. So I'm very excited to hear this love story. So, just to kind of preface this and, and set it up, um, there is a website that I frequent called Something Awful, and they it's a message board primarily, which I know are kind of old-fashioned, but I fucking love essay, and um, so I read it all the time. And they have a forum called General Bullshit, which is just kind of general discussion, and Somebody posted just out of the blue, not any, it wasn't me, it wasn't anything. They just posted a thread called Let's Talk About Peep Show. And a bunch of people started posting like Peep Show related anecdotes. I got in talking about the podcast. That was where you're, that was that screenshot that I texted you of the guy complimenting you. Um, I am awesome. So that was correct. Yeah. So uh, this this was a post that got posted, and then somebody was like, oh, hey, you should talk about this on the podcast. It's kind of written from his perspective. So um, it says, the other day I'd realized that I'd been losing weight and starting to look kind of handsome, so I posted a selfie in some Facebook group, which is not typically my kind of thing. Apparently I was right because overnight I got a bunch of friend requests and private messages from women like cute ones. The coolest part was that one of them was this really British British woman and I like British stuff. She sent me some pics, said she thought I was cute and even left me a voice message so I could hear her lovely accent. Then, God, that sounds like the fucking start of a porno. Um, (laughs) It does a little bit, yeah. (laughs) Then somehow we started discussing Peep Show, which we both really love and then I started thinking about how much Mark's inner monologue reminds me of myself which got me thinking about how this lady seems very well adjusted and successful and happy and not at all broken, which made me wonder if I had any business talking to her because she's not the kind of fucked up nightmare woman that Mark thinks he needs. But then she told me more about herself and she's super messed up just like me. So anyway, I'm selling my car and my Twin Peaks fan art and going to England to see if maybe we can fix each other and be happy and in love. And I'm sure she'll be really happy and surprised when I show up there. And I owe this whole fucking crazy thing to David Mitchell and peep show our, our relationship blossomed when I asked her if British forests were as wonderful as I'd always imagined, and she replied, they're ancient and lovely and full of mystery and intrigue. I told her it was the perfect description that I felt like I'd just listened to a Don Draper pitch pitch a Coke ad, and she said, I actually work for Coke, and that's how I knew I was in love, dot, 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 properly. Or probably, Aww. probably, excuse me. <laughs> Oh, that's lovely. I, I think that maybe uh, we could have the first peep show wedding news off. You know, yeah. that's a that's, that's, that story is too beautiful to just end in. Oh, we met and I didn't like her. Yeah, I'll I'll uh, what I will try to do is I will try to keep in touch with this gentleman and I'll um, I'll try to do like some semi regular updates and we can all stock his relationship with this random. British yeah, that's woman. what's his name. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we just call him Bob and say good luck, Bob. Yeah. I hope it all yeah, goes well. Yeah, that's what well. we're going to, here, let me, I'll tell you what we're going to call him. Give me just a second here. Um, we are going to call him, I'm assuming it's him. I never want to, like, make these assumptions. Hold on, let me find Assumptions, the, yeah. Let me find the post real quick here. 
we are going to call him Gatekeeper. Mr. Gatekeeper. Gatekeeper. Mr. Gatekeeper, good luck. I hope it all goes well. I hope that you enjoy it, England. Yeah, yeah. We will... Uh, We'll keep uh, we'll keep up in touch. And I also just want to say hi to Bobby Digital. Thank you for recommending this post and getting convincing Gatekeeper to let me read it online. Thank you. Um, Thank so, you. anyways, enough of that. Um, so, Laura, I will kind of let you talk about what we're going to talk about next week. Yeah, so next week we're going to be having our long-awaited chat about How Not to Be a Boy by Robert Webb. Um, we're going to be talking about the book. I've made some notes from when I saw and met him at the How To Academy and the stuff he talked about then. Um, looking forward to talking about this. This was my, this is my favourite book I've read this year, hands down, and I read a lot of books. So I am really excited to talk about it and hopefully to get more people reading it, although it's in something insane, like it's 17th edition in about three months. So most people have probably already read it. Yeah, and don't feel like you have to have read this book in order to listen to the episode next week. I mean... We're going to be talking a lot about the book, but, I mean, the book is, it's not like it's a, a fucking young adult fiction that you're going to have to agree to understand what we're talking <laughs> no, about. No, there it's are, literally it's the not like life. there are any spoilers. It's, uh, he talks about his life, and he talks about his life in the kind of prism of, um, of gender, and how gender has influenced his life, but he's... His, I mean, most of the, um, a lot of the book was serialised in The Guardian and there was a lot of uh, information about it when it first came out and it's not like, oh, spoiler, this happens. Like, it's very, it's very open about all the things that happen. It won't ruin the book for you. And like you say, you don't have to have read it to appreciate the, the, what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, so don't just not listen to the episode next week. Just uh, in, listen <laughs> to the episode and it's going to be fun and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I'm... About two-thirds of the way through, and I'm really just enjoying the book. Like, Robert Webb is very compelling. This His story is very compelling. And, you know, it's just interesting to see the kind of stuff that he talks about from his perspective. You know, it's yeah, phenomenal fucking book. Yeah, yeah, it's it really is. I think that this is going to be a book that is talked about. It's not your normal um, celebrity memoir. And, and dare I say, I, I really enjoyed David Mitchell's memoir, but it's not, it's not kind of in that same vein um Robert Webb really has got a lot to say about gender it's obviously something he feels very passionately about and he has framed his whole kind of uh life story through this yeah I was trying to explain to a co-worker what this book was about and I was just like it's his autobiography framed with this kind of look at the role that gen you know his gender played in his life and so yeah um it's not a man bashing book at all. It's a fucking phenomenal book. And um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to talking about it. Like I said, three times already. So. <laughs> have you been up to anything else this week? Have you been uh, in, like watching anything or reading anything? Or... Oh, um, real quick. Well, real quick. So you said you were watching American Horror Store Murder House, correct? I am, yes. Okay, so... Murder House is fucking, like, a really old-ass show, so I think we could probably talk about it without, you know, like, oh, spoilers. What have you yeah. what have you thought of Murder House so far? I think it's the worst thing I've ever watched, but, yeah, I can't stop watching it. Like, it's actually terrible, but I'm so eager to watch more of it. We're on to, like, episode 10. I think we've got two more to go in this series, and, like, 
I'm absolutely chomping at the bit to go and watch it, but I don't know why, because it is awful. I'll be honest. So the early seasons of American Horror Story kind of suffer from this... Um, uh, they... It get kind of they kind of go off the rails. So it's twelve ep- so it's twelve episodes, and usually what happens about midway through is that it goes off the rails for like three or four episodes, and then they kind of pull everything back together um, at the end. I can see that. I can see that. That's where it's going. Like there will be answers, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm really kind of I, I just think the actors in it are all quite bad that's not true actually because Frances Conroy who's in Six of Under she's immense like she's brilliant in it but the two main people in it not, not so good and I don't think it's completely their fault I think the writing's a bit hammy and yet like I say I can't stop watching it um, and it's it's got a kind of like did you ever have Tales of the Unexpected over there did you ever watch that mm-hmm. yeah so it, it was Tales of the Unexpected were written by Roald Dahl, but they were put onto the television in like the 70s, maybe the early 80s. And they were um, kind of like one-off little stories about like weird things that happen. And it really reminds me of that kind of like, if Tales of the Unexpected was on acid, (laughs) it would be American Horror Story. But like I say, like, I'm loving it. I just don't totally understand why I'm loving it. I really love Evan Peters, who plays Tate Langdon. Oh, uh, the the high school shooter stroke ghost stroke yeah. son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I realize that, that that is probably not a that that was probably not as like compelling that scene where he shoots up the school as it was over here. Because the first time I watched that, I was horrified because of just how close it hit to home with the amount of school shootings and stuff like that that we've had here. Yeah, well, I actually very oddly um, I know quite a lot about Columbine because I read a a really good definitive account of it. Uh, I can't remember who it was by, but it's called Columbine. Um, or who is it by? Let me Google it. Because it is a really, really good book and really worth reading. Uh, Columbine by, I think it's by David someone, David Cullen. And I read that about 10 years ago now, probably. And it's really detailed and it's really in depth. So I know a lot about Columbine and I did realise that, that this was based on Columbine with the, like, the guy asking if she believed in God and then shooting her anyway and all that so it did it made me feel a bit sick because i knew what it was referring to i can imagine if you lived in a climate where there were often school shootings that it would hit too close to home yeah um the next season asylum is really good um yeah i i've heard that some seasons are better than others so let me in terms of what to avoid just for people who are listening that are interested in american horror story (laughs) uh murder house is good asylum is good Coven is garbage. Uh, Freak Show, the first four episodes of Freak Show are fucking incredible. And then just episode five on, just it just completely just goes to shit. Um, oh, really? Hotel, I had really mixed feelings about Hotel. Because uh, I, I definitely saw where they were going with it, and I liked where they were going with it. And Lady Gaga is incredible. Um. Uh, but hotel with hotel, your mileage may vary. Despite what right. your friend on Facebook said, Roanoke is really good. Oh, my friend Charlie, I generally trust her, so I wonder. I'm going to ask her why she thinks that. Oh, and yeah. Then... See, I love. Yeah. Even Nicole, um, even Nicole, who is not like a huge American Horror Story fan, she loved Roanoke. Um, 
Really? Mm. And then yeah. the newest... I've heard that you can watch them out of order as well, so oh, I might go for Yeah, I mean, there's no continuity between seasons. No, no. Literally the only I've... continuity between seasons is that it has a bunch of the same actors. Yeah, I was going to ask about the new... Have you watched the new series? Because I thought... I read what it was about, and I thought that sounded quite interesting. Oh, Colt? Mm. Um, I watched the first four episodes of Colt, <laughs> and then I decided to wait until it was over, and then just binge it. Right, okay. I'll be honest, I have a little bit of election fatigue, so... Yeah, yeah, I can understand Anything that. that kind of talks about the election just really kind of... Ugh, so... Yeah. Anyways... Fair enough. Um, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I'm gonna go watch more of this now, because I'm oddly addicted to it, even though it's really weird. And the main guy in it, he's one of the worst actors I think I've ever seen. The, the guy who looks like Ross from Friends. Oh, Dylan McDermott. Under well... Yeah, dude, he's he's so wooden. You get splinters off of him. Yeah, well, don't don't worry because this is the only season that Dylan McDermott is in. Oh, uh, really? It's I mean, he's easy on the eye. I don't find him like he's you know he's nice to watch. He's quite attractive, but he cannot act for shit. So yeah. sorry, sorry, Dylan McDermott, but that's just how I feel. Uh, Jessica Lange, who plays Constance, she's in a bunch of the seasons. Um, <laughs> she's brilliant. Yeah. so that's good. Yeah. Evan Peters, he is in every season. And then Zachary Quinto, who is one of the gay guys, he, his name is Chad, um, the rubber, he's oh, the yeah. rubber man, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, oh, um, yes, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't remember. I only watched it three days ago and I can't remember, but yeah, yeah I know who you mean. Yeah, uh, Zachary Quinto is in a couple of the episodes, is in a couple seasons as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, Asylum. Yeah, definitely. It's, this, it's easy to watch and I'm enjoying how silly it is. Yeah. Asylum is really good. However, I will just warn you that Asylum really goes <laughs> off the rails quite a bit. So okay, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward to to carrying on with that. And also, um, Game Face, which I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, finished this week. I have not watched the last episode yet, but I'm looking forward to because that's been such a great show, and I cannot recommend that highly enough. All right. Well, that's everything from the El Dude <laughs> brothers. So the El Dude siblings. So, um, we are going to go ahead yep, and... Yeah, thank you for talking to me about this great episode. I am uh, looking forward to next week. So, yeah, I will talk to you then. Oh, and you know what's going to be great about next week's episode? What, what? Oh, uh, sorry, not... Two, two weeks, weeks times yeah. episode. That is going to be our last Dobby-free episode. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's the... Oh, no, D Dobby's in... Yeah, Dobby is in the first episode of this new series isn't she or is she not is it the second episode she appears she's in, in the yeah spin war second episode yeah yeah so yeah you're right last time that you're not gonna have to hear me drone on about how much i hate dobby so enjoy that everyone all right of course. and with that <laughs> okay. we're gonna go ahead and sign off eh, eh. bye i am in loco parentis i am the last remaining contestant of the apprentice i am the home train dentist. Ay, 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 